Life Chat, a podcast produced by Illinois Vitalife. My name is Savannah Dudzik. I'm the communications assistant here at Illinois Vitalife, and I'm here with Don Fitzpatrick. Don, can you stop by, start by introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about you? Sure. So I'm Don Fitzpatrick. My uh, I happen to be the senior coordinator for Respect Life Ministries at the Archdiocese of Chicago. So in that role, I manage the Respect Life function for the entire Chicago area for the Catholic Church, um, which includes all of our like around 250 parishes. And um, of course, we interact with all kinds of uh, nonprofits like Illinois Right to Life and support each other. Um, we also manage Project Rachel, which is um, the post-supportive healing ministry of the Catholic Church. And we have a, a dedicated phone line where we'll take calls from women and men who are suffering um, after abortion. And then we're able to refer them to, you know, to priests and to counselors and to just kind of talk to them and help them to, um, to, to deal with their emotions, their feelings. And then we find, we find help them to find help. You know, after that, um, sometimes people call two weeks after an abortion. Sometimes they call 20 years after an abortion. It's just amazing. Um, the pain that people go through. So we also, um, have a chastity education initiative where we have dedicated our ministry in our office to uh, theology of the body. And we've, you know, taken on a whole lot of education ourselves on um, John Paul II's writings and theology of the body. Um, <clears throat> and we then go out to the parishes and the schools and offer courses in theology of the body, especially at the middle school level. We also do um, puberty talks in fifth and sixth grade. So, we, so we're very well-rounded in the life area. We, um, of course, we're in, also in, involved in um, end-of-life issues and especially the um, unfortunate impending physician-assisted suicide that's going around our country right now. You know, we're involved with that. Um, but fortunately, there's no death penalty in Illinois, but that we are certainly um, against the death penalty as well. So, so everything well-rounded. We're in the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity, which um, is an office that houses all of the social teachings of the church. And we have different ministries around all the social teachings. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a lot of a lot of different things that you guys do at the Archdiocese, mm -hmm. and we will we will get into discussing this a little bit more um, in our second break. But Dawn, can you tell me a little bit? Were you always pro life? Were you always Catholic? What yeah. what did your journey look like? Well, I am a cradle Catholic. Was uh, born and baptized as a baby into the Catholic faith, um, raised in it, and then. I don't know. I, I think um, when I was in about 10th grade, I was at CCD and we had a, we used to have um, our classes in, in our teacher's catechist homes. Now I remember uh, they called us all to like a, a presentation in somebody's home. And there was, it was the old um, slides, which I don't even know, Savannah, if you know what those are. <laughs> there was I like don't. <laughs> a carousel of little pictures that went into this little projector and oh, somebody, wow. would, somebody had a little uh, remote control and it went like this and then a picture would come up and then they would so like the it. old version of google slides right that just tells you how old i am but anyway so that was way before the internet and everything else um but anyway so the presentation was about abortion 
And here I was like 15, you know, I'd never even heard of such a thing. And they're showing us all these graphic pictures and talking about um, the fact that that abortion is legal in our country because this was in the 80s. So it had probably been legal, you know, 10 years at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just totally aghast. I'm watching this going, this is legal. I cannot believe this. It, it just had such an impression on me that it set me on the path to be super pro-life woman <laughs> the rest of my life. Wow. You know, I was 15. And this is why I went into youth ministry first before I, you know, before I came here to Chicago. Um, and I worked diligently to help teenagers understand why the church is pro-life, what it means to be pro-life and how to be a well-rounded pro-life person from conception and natural death. And I always, even, you know, I started in Maryland and then we were in South Carolina and I always took the kids to, you know, these huge bus trips to Washington to March for Life um, after I did lessons with them on what it meant and showed them videos and all kinds of great things and we had speakers. And so I, you know, it, it got to be a huge project. Um, and I remember I was a confirmation director as well and doing a, a session for my confirmation candidates on, um, on, you know, life from conception and natural death and, and the social teachings of the church. So I always saw them as being totally interwoven that pro-life is every, is everything the church does for social ministries. Um, and then my husband's job moved him to Chicago. Uh, and after two years of commuting, I found this job at the Archdiocese. And it was perfect for me because I had been in corporate, a corporate trainer um, for many years before I went to work for the church. So I, I kind of took everything I learned in youth ministry and, and all the, and I took, had already done some graduate work in theology and other things. I have a master's in communication. So I was able to put all of that together in this one job working for the archdiocese, which is a kind of corporate, if you will, and also working closely with individuals and doing lots of presentations and managing big initiatives. Um, which is the kind of thing I used to do when I worked for Citigroup years ago, you know, managing huge initiatives that were national and things like that. Um, so, so anyway, that's kind of a long answer, but I've been very pro-life ever since I was 15 years old and learned what that meant um, and Catholic my whole life. And I think everything I have done in my life for education and corporate work and uh, working for the church led me to coming to Chicago to help lead the, the um, pro-life initiative in the Catholic church. So. Right. Yeah. And no, there's a few things I want to say about that. First of all, it's really cool that, you know, when you were 15 and you, you saw this, it was just immediately right away, this is wrong. And I think I've heard, I've heard a lot of people react that way. You know, you're a young person, a young girl, and you see this and it's just like, how, how is this allowed? It's just so right. obvious that it's wrong. Whereas um, now we just have all these different twisted arguments. And if you if you look at it in its simplicity, abortion mm -hmm. is the killing of an unborn child. Like, obviously, that's wrong, no matter the circumstance. Right. So I think it's very interesting how you how you learn that from young, a young age. And I think it's very needed that that there's there needs to be a pro-life presence in Chicago. Right. There's a lot of groups. In Chicago, we'll get into this a little bit more, but there's a lot of groups such as Illinois Right to Life, Pro-Life Action League, and then you guys at the Archdiocese, there's a lot of groups and there's a lot of need in Chicago. And so in our next hit, we're going to talk a little bit more about, um, about what our thoughts are in the pro-life movement in Chicago now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned 
and what we're going to do from here. So thank you so much for that introduction, Dawn. Now we will discuss a little bit more about your opinion on the pro-life movement in Chicago. But first, now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, our work in Illinois is just beginning. Now more than ever, Illinois Right to Life must help women choose life through our Project Love Grant Program, direct women to pregnancy resource centers throughout our pregnancyhelpfinder.com website, and work to build a culture of life through education across Illinois. Please visit IllinoisRightToLife.org forward slash donate today to help save lives across our state. Again, that's IllinoisRightToLife.org forward slash donate. Together, we can win Illinois for life. So now, Dawn, um, I always like to ask people, what were you doing on the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned? And how did you respond? How did the Archdiocese respond to this? Well, you know, it's funny. We, we have a big retreat we run in the summer called ECHO which is an experience with the, an immersion experience with theology of the body. Um, and we partner with Brian Butler and his, his echo retreat group from okay. um, Louisiana to present this. So it's something that it's kind of our flagship event of the year. And um, it happened to be that we were, preparing for that retreat because it was on a Friday and the retreat started Friday afternoon. And so oh, we wow. were all, we were all sitting um, at St. Xavier university in the room where the retreat was going to happen. And we were praying. And then all of a sudden my cousin texted me and I happened to see my phone during the, the group prayer. And it said Roe versus Wade has been overturned. And I was like, um, guys, this could be hearsay. <laughs> And then all of a sudden everyone grabbed their phones and everyone started texting and um, looking it up. And sure enough, it had happened. And we were like, how exciting that we're here praying on this beautiful feast day um, and right, getting ready for this incredible retreat led, led by, you know, St. John Paul II, really, that in his, in his mm -hmm. spirit. Um, and we were able to also pray for Thanksgiving and talk about that all weekend. So it was just, it was just beautiful. It was perfect timing for us. Um, <clears throat> it was, and, and of course I immediately had to, as we're in our prayer, also be communicating with the archdiocese and, um, and everything else because it was such a big day. So right, was I was going to ask, did you guys like put out a press release? Did you put out any sort of statement on that? Yeah, actually, Cardinal Stupich couldn't have had a better statement, a very strong statement about it. Um, and he directed all the priests to speak about it that weekend, which oh, I hope they all I hope they all did, because sometimes, they, you know, they tend to be a little hesitant on the topic. But the Cardinal said in no uncertain terms to the priests, you need to be ready to talk about this this weekend. And what, and also, I, I think one of the, the great things he said was in, he, in his yeah, statement. Yeah, do you want to read a few sentences that you think are good from that statement? Right. So he said, uh, we welcome this important ruling and the opportunity it creates for a national conversation on protecting human life in the womb and promoting human dignity at all stages of life. This moment should serve as a turning point in our dialogue about the place an unborn child holds in our nation, about our responsibility to listen to women and support them through pregnancies and after the birth of their children, and about the need to refocus our national priorities to support families, particularly those in need. Uh, I mean, he, he just goes on and on talking about um, how important this ruling is. And of course that we have in Illinois, a big job ahead of us because of course, there are, are no legal protections in Illinois for unborn children at this point. So he, he addressed all of that in his statement. 
um, I thought it was it was very good, and it made it very clear that the archdiocese was totally supportive of of the Dobbs decision and ready and and able to march forward for life. So. Right. No, and that's very important. And like I was kind of saying earlier, there are a lot of groups in the in the Chicagoland area who are pro-life, who are pro-life groups. But I think mm -hmm. it's more important than ever for the Catholic Church to be front and center in protecting and defending human life, because that's what the Catholic Church has said that they defend mm -hmm. since, since the beginning of the Catholic Church. Um, so I was wondering, what what is the archdiocese? Are they are you guys taking any um, concrete steps to help women? Is there any initiative yep. going on? Mm -hmm. So interestingly enough, um, in 2020, the USCCB put out an initiative, initiative um, in the spirit of Pope John Paul II's Evangelium Vitae, which is mm -hmm. the gospel of life. The initiative is called Walking with Moms in Need. Um, and it, it really kind of started as, as an idea that it would kick off on the 25th anniversary of Evangelium Vitae, which was, it was promulgated on the, the 25th of um, 25th of, of May. But you, you can see that in 2020, on the 25th of May, uh, I'm sorry, the 25th of March, we were all, um, involved in the pandemic. We had just been locked right. down. So here we were ready to go with that. And it wasn't, it was just not good timing, unfortunately. Um, and of course the archdiocese has been involved in Renew My Church, which has been a, a huge initiative to, um, to bring people back to church, to promote vocations, and also just taking a hard look at our, um, our church churches. And some of them have had to be combined and closed and you know, just realistically, when you look at how many priests we have and, and the people that were attending masses and things like that. So anyway, all of that was happening at the same time. Um, so it really wasn't good timing for Walking With Moms in Need, but this is perfect timing. Right. Now. And so we initially thought we were going to try to get it out there before the Dobbs decision even mm -hmm. came, what came down. But as it was introduced also happened that the leak um, and the leak kind of distracted oh, everybody. So, yeah. so once again, I was, you know, <laughs> kind of commandeered <laughs> by life situations. So fortunately for now, we've got walking with Monson need out there. Cardinal um, sent a letter in April, but then we also sent out another letter um, in August to all the pastors. And we said, okay, now's the time we're going to do this. Here's what the Cardinal is directing us all to be involved in this initiative, Walking with Moms in Need. And what Walking with Moms in Need is, is first of all, it's an opportunity for, for the Catholic Church to um, show everyone how much we love women, how much we care about families, and all the things that we can do to help a, a, a woman in need, a family in need in any situation. So the parishes, first of all, they're going to have get put together a committee if they haven't already um, that can kind of take a look around the community and say, well, where's all the resources that are already available that we can refer people to? And of course we'll vet them, but we wanna refer people if, they are, if they're hungry, if they need a place to live, if they need doctors, if you know, any, any whatever the situation could be. Right. Um, whether whether that's a pregnant woman or a parenting woman or a family you know that's homeless or whatever you know if the, they, that person that family should be able to come to the to our churches and say what can you do to help me and we should be able to help them so 
so we want every parishioner in our faith to be able to say, are you kidding? Look how much we, we care about women. Look how much we care about families. Yes. Because unfortunately, the other side has put a rhetoric out there that it's never been true. That rhetoric statement is, you know, you only care about the baby till it's born and then right. you couldn't care less. It's just on to the next pregnant woman, right? Which is absolutely you know, wrong and couldn't be further from the truth. But unfortunately, if enough people say it, people believe it. I mean, people believe anything they see in print, especially if it has to do with abortion, right? So, um, or promoting abortion, I should say. So, so the fact is that's not true. Um, So this is a way for us to get everybody seeing the good work that we already do. So we're not, this isn't anything new, really. It's just putting it all in the forefront um, and helping people to be able to talk about it and helping good Catholics to know how pro-life our church is from conception and natural death and what that means. You know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't just mean we go to marches and we pray at abortion clinics, although we do that. Of course, and that's very important work, um, but we do everything to t- help people. We, Of course, we love women, love families. So that's what Walking with Moms in Need is all about. And this is, I mean, it'll probably take about a year for the parishes to really get this cranking and make it a big deal and for everybody to be able to talk about it and know, know how to refer people and where to bring people and things like that. And they may, it, every parish may take on a special project if they see that there's some void you know, in the way that women are um, taken care of, maybe they realize their community doesn't have something, or maybe they need a, a list of doctors that can, that are pro-life doctors, or maybe they need, you know, so once they figure out what their project is, I know that some parishes have put a little boutique in their, in their church to uh, provide items for, for moms who need things for their children, um, you know, but the, the parishes will decide what, where the need is. Um, it, it, this is also an opportunity for our parishes to support things like Project Love, which you were just talking about, mm-hmm. um, to support our pregnancy centers, mm-hmm. to um, and to to be able to sh- tell everybody about the great work of things like Project Love in our pregnancy centers. Because again, there's a rhetoric out there that our pregnancy centers are fake. You know, they're not fake. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of wonderful work they do, and it's completely free of charge. So it's all based on donations of good faithful people um, and they actually give women good advice. They actually give them ultrasounds. They have nurses, they ha- they're under a doctor's advisement. They, um, they have really great things, baby resources, um, pregnancy tests, all kinds of things they do that they don't charge a dime for. So, you know, and, and as you were saying with your project love, I mean, that's a great way for a, a woman who suddenly finds herself um, you know, maybe she's going to be evicted from her apartment, but you guys can prevent that from happening mm-hmm. for a month or two, right? With Project mm-hmm. Love. So, exactly. you know, these are these are real things that we don't rely on the government for that our good people in Chicago are doing. So um, all, all of this, among other th- wonderful resources, is what Walking with Moms Need is all about. Let's, let's all be working together to shout from the rooftops how much we can do to help somebody in need, whether they're pregnant or parenting and, and and facing challenges. Right. And no, and I just want to reiterate what you said about how, um, this walking with moms in need, I, this is the first I've heard about it. I think it sounds amazing. And also this is so important to do 
exactly right now, right? Like yeah. in 2020, it would have been important because there's always moms in need. There's always people yes. who need help. But just because of what is happening in our country with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, there's just an exponential amount of women who need help right now. Yep. And more than ever, now more than ever, the pro-life movement is in the eyes of the media. We're in the spotlight, right? Like we've said mm -hmm. for years that we can help women in need. Well, what are we doing now? Like, how are we helping women in need? And this is going to hopefully show how how the church is going to get involved and help women in need because really the church should be the first place that women go to. I believe it's, it's a, it's an astonishing number. I think it's, you, you might know this better. It's like 40% of church going women um, have ha had an abortion. What's that number? Yeah. It's, it's the same, the same statistic as it is, um, you know, that approximately, you know, one, one in three or, or four women have had an abortion and that is not, there is no exception for Catholic women. So, oh, everybody, I yes. see what you mean. so whether, whether it's a Catholic woman or a woman who is, you know, subscribes to another faith or no faith, um, it's, it's the same statistic, which is really sad because that's, that's even more concerning. Yes. Yeah. Because we know that that the Catholic church should be providing education and um, good catechesis around why life is so sacred. Um, and I, I think people tend to see us as the church of no, N-O, versus the church of I love you and yes, um, mm -hmm. where really there's things that we've been told we should not do, but that's only as a guidance so that we can be prepared to receive God's love. Right. Of course. Um, and, and and we have we have freedom freedom of choice. Obviously, we have God gave us that gift. Um, but we also should inform our conscience and know how to choose for the good rather than choose for the bad. And we should know the difference. But I, I don't think our church has necessarily done as great a job in um, in helping people with that as they could. Um, so hopefully we're embarking on a new time, just, just a, yes. almost like a new jubilee of education and catechesis and, you know, helping people to really fall in love with, with um, their Catholicism again and fall in love with their faith. Um, that, that's kind of, you know, a hopeful way to look at what's happening. There's so much craziness happening in the world that I, I would hope that the average person could look, sit back and go, wait a second, the world has gone nuts. Mm -hmm. but, and there's and and I just know that th that this absolute chaos is not right. So mm -hmm. let me delve into what is right and mm -hmm. and figure it out and celebrate it. And I think that's where where we are. We're kind of at a like I said a new jubilee moment yeah. with the church. <laughs> the, yeah. the Catholic Church is definitely at a crossroads. Our nation is definitely at a crossroads. Um, and mm -hmm. I think what, what was it called again? Helping women in need. What what's the name of the Walk, initiative? Walking with with moms in need. Walking with moms in need. I think that sounds like an amazing initiative, and hopefully the churches will take it on themselves to talk about it. Yeah. And to you know to to start it to do what they can to start it. Well, and and what a perfect time too because October is Respect Life Month, and right. we try. You know, the USCCB Pro Life Secretary is trying to keep us all focused, which is great on this Walking with Moms in Need. So they've actually. Um, built a slogan for, for Respect Life Month that says we're called to serve moms in need. So we can, we're called to serve moms in need, which will be our theme for the year from mm -hmm. October 1st 
through, you know, the next September 30th in okay. 2023. And it's all focusing on serving women, serving moms in need. Um, and so we can all feel really good about building this campaign, Walking with Moms in Need, and making it just a part of what our churches do. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's that's beautiful. That's, that's very good to hear, you know, the church mm-hmm. is taking this opportunity to stand up and do their part to help women in need. Well, right. um, now for our last section, I want to talk a little bit more about um, your thoughts and your opinions on how how we talk to women who are, you know, scared to women who, yeah. who hear this decision and are like, oh my gosh, my life is ending, my rights are being taken away. But, but, first, but first, I want to remind you that um, in 2022, well, this year, we are having our Illinois Right to Life Action Banquet, our annual banquet. Um, don't miss this event on Friday, October 14th at 6 p.m. Our speaker will be Cal Thomas, American columnist, and tickets will go on sale very soon, but be sure to save the date now. So lastly, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, what what kind of happened after it was overturned. I don't know how much of this you saw. I'm sure you saw a lot of it, though. Um, there were a lot of women, young women, uh, there were a lot of women all ages, right, who were saying we're going back 50 years, yeah. where uh, our rights are being taken away. This is a terrible thing for the nation. How would you, how did, did you have any of those conversations? How did you respond to those women? Right. Well, I mean, first of all, it's, again, this is a rhetoric that the pro-abortion camp has, has crafted um, to send up first, just, you know, to think that we are going back 50 years. Well, we should reset the clock 50 years because we've, we've killed millions and millions of, of our own legally. So, so yes, we, we should reset that and take a hard look at what we've done, um, since 1973. But the fact is that if you ever happen to read about Bernard Nathanson, who was somebody who kind of, worked together with some some other uh, very strategic minded people to make the nation pro-abortion. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things he did was put out some numbers that were kind of (laughs) squishy. And he said, he said, okay, look at all these women who have died in back alley abortions. And he just came up with a number that sounded good. And and he Mm -hmm. says this in books he's he wrote um, at towards the end of his life that he made up those numbers. Now, I don't know why people don't realize that. Um, of course, you and I do. But, you know, a lot of people still think that there were all of these back alley abortions. And then we say, well, what exactly is a back alley abortion? Um, a woman laying in an alley giving herself an abortion? No, right. it was actually coined back alley because it wasn't necessarily legal. So people would go into the back door through the alley, mm-hmm. which it was still a, a medical clinic of sorts, yeah. um, but that was why they called it a back alley abortion because you sneaked in the back door <laughs> through the alley. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so there, there were women right. who died, died in abortion just like they do in any medical procedure, um, but it wasn't this astronomical number like people are have been led to believe, um, nor was it you know, self-induced or yeah, were, no, there's this, yeah. there's this vision that a back alley abortion. And, and I know people, I know people who thought this, you know, a back alley abortion is like literally like in the dead of night, like right. it, even like, like they do it themselves or like an abortion that comes out, an abortionist comes out and like does an abortion, like in the back alley, like right. gives a woman was- an abortion, like 
unsanitary yeah. in back alley. That's not, that's not. Yeah. And that just didn't, that wasn't happening. It, it certainly wasn't like that. Um, so, you know, Bernard, Nath- Bernard Nathanson, who towards the end of his life actually um, converted to Catholicism yes. and he had, he had been an abortionist himself and had done many, many abortions. Um, he converted and he was so sorry for what he had done, but yet he had already set us on this path to 50, 50 years of legal abortion um, and legal legally killing unborn children, which is so so sad. And I would hate to have been in his place to have that realization and have to have to die knowing that you were such a part of a movement that you no longer agreed with, you know. But we we pray for his soul, and and I believe that he, um, you know, he converted and and went to confession, and you know, hopefully he's he he uh, has an, an eternal reward for that. But anyway, the the point is. Um, that, that was never the truth in the first place. And when they passed, you know, Roe versus Wade in 1973, they said, okay, so we really don't like abortion. So we're just gonna make it safe and make it legal so that people can have safe abortions, but it should be very rare. Mm-hmm. But, but as we know, there's like 62 million people that have died in abortion. That's not very rare. It's the opposite of safe and rare. And yeah, because <laughs> right now. The, the other thing that happens is in the state of Illinois, like some other states, there's absolutely no regulation at all on abortion, none. So the all of these abortion locations, they don't have to be inspected. They don't have to follow any standards. They don't even necessarily have to prove licenses. So all yeah. of those, all of those things make it very unsafe. Um, and you know, there was even a call for a special session once once this uh, Dobbs decision came down. A special session in Springfield so that we could have doctors who had lost their licenses in other states come here to provide abortions in Illinois. How is that good for women, you know? So, I mean, there's just, there's so many talking points as to why abortion is is absolutely the opposite of what people think it is. Um, it's, it's It's an ugly, horrible thing. It's very scarring. It makes women, um, you know, have all kinds of mental problems, all kinds of anxiety issues, emotional issues, spiritual issues, and sometimes they can die or have uh, scarring to the point where they can never have children again. Um, and, and these things happen. And I've talked to these women at Project Rachel. So, you know, it's true. I, I mean, and I've met so many women who um, regretted their abortion just being in the, in the pro-life world. Um, it, it's sad, but we're, but the point is we're not here to condemn. We're here to, to love people. And, and I, I want anyone who would be listening to this, who has had an abortion or had a part in an abortion, whether you drove somebody there, you, um, you suggested it to somebody, whatever, um, God is here for you. Jesus is here for you. And in the Catholic church, we have reconciliation. So please, you know, come back, talk about it. Let's, let's help you. We have counselors we can refer you to. Um, and anybody who is pregnant at this point and, and scared and challenged and you don't know how you're going to handle it, um, come to our churches and we will refer you. We will give you references to places that can give you uh, food and baby supplies and doctors and, um, and anything you might need going forward. Yeah. I mean, we actually have you know, three maternity homes in the Chicago area, four of them that I can think of off the top of my head, which give absolutely free places to live to women who qualify, you know, it's just, it's, it's incredible. People don't know about these things. So yeah, there really, there really are so many, so many resources available for women, you know, as, as bad as, 
as bad as Illinois is with abortion laws as, as um, un, unregulated as the clinics are, there, there is a lot of help for women. There's, if you go to our pregnancyhealthfinder.com website and type in your zip code, you can find the pregnancy centers nearest to you. Like Dawn said, if you go to your church, um, if you call, you know, call Illinois Right to Life, we'll help you get set up with Project Love. There are so many ways that we can help you, yes. especially now. And you can also um, go to respectlifechicago.org and find resources through, uh, through the Archdiocese. Um, you can give my office a call, uh, 312-534-5355, and we can help you in any situation. Um, or, or, you know, you can also go to uh, projectrachel.org and, um, and find your local Project Rachel office. And we'll be happy to talk to you, refer you to priests and counselors, um, and, and help you to find your way back to Jesus. So wonderful. Wonderful. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add, Dawn? I just think that we should be looking at this as a very hopeful time. Um, the, the, the important thing that people should know is abortion is still very legal. Um, it's, you know, there's states that have said it's unlegal, but Illinois, and it's illegal, but in Illinois, it's very legal um, to the point where there's no regulations. It's, you know, where they're trying to bring people to Illinois to get abortions. We absolutely have to be ready to help people to love them yeah. um, and to yeah. show them that they have true options. If you, if you go to Planned Parenthood, all of the, the only choice they want you to have is abortion. Uh, they don't offer any, any other ways um, to help you with a pregnancy. So, um, you know, they, they say they care about women, but all they want to do is, is, is steal their joy and take away that baby. That is, so, that um, is true. That is true. And we, you know, we in the pro-life movement want to do the opposite and we want to help women in whatever way, whatever way they need. There are so many different uh, opportunities. So. Yes. Well, Dawn, thank you so much for joining Live Chat. Speaking for myself and the rest of the team at Illinois Right to Life, we want to thank you for all you have done to pave the way for us to continue your work to protect life. And to our listeners and supporters, if you enjoyed today's conversation, please visit our website, IllinoisRightToLife.org, and consider donating to support this podcast and the other work we do to protect life. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time. Oh,